Hello, friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. Thanks for joining me today as we are in the first day of the month of June. If you missed our essay edition, check it out yesterday. We air those on the final day of each month. I did a extensive essay. Well, it wasn't a long essay, but it was a pretty, I think, a pretty in-depth look at Jesus' warning of offenses comprising Mark chapter 9, verses 42 to 48, and then we landed on the two verses we had not dealt with, and that was 49 and 50, where everyone is seasoned with fire. And we talked about fire and we talked about salt, but really it was an essay on hell and kind of summing up a lot of the things we've talked about over the last week or so. So check it out. If you like a written version of that, you can go to our website, paulwhiteministries.com, where we have the written version of each of our essay editions. That leads us to a new chapter. New month, new chapter. Mark chapter 10. And things are going to speed up from here. Jesus has this last little teaching that's going to happen in the first part of chapter 10. He's going to continue to predict his death and resurrection. We're going to see that before the chapter's out. And then he's going to head through Jericho to Jerusalem for the final time. We'll be in Jericho by the end of the chapter, and then the triumphal entry into Jerusalem happens in Mark 11. And if you know your Passion Week, you'll realize that we're then seven days away from, less than seven days away from the crucifixion. Well, Mark's only 16 chapters long, which means that A bulk of the first gospel ever penned deals with the last week of Jesus' life, which that's not shocking. The most uh, relevant, I guess you could say, it's probably not the right word, I'll use it though, the most relevant um, one week of the life of Jesus to our lives is that final week because it encompasses the death, and since his death is our death spiritually, then Pretty relevant week. I, I, I'm reluctant to call it that, of course, because that makes the other weeks look less relevant. That's not true at all. Um, it's just that we focus ourselves on the death, burial, resurrection. Even in the Apostles' Creed, we, we don't really do anything with the life of Christ. Um, we go straight from conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, and there we, we jump all the way up to the last week because that's our salvation. So what is the point then of all the stuff in between? Well, Jesus is sharing with us what the kingdom looks like, how to live in it, how to live out of it, how to let the seed of the kingdom permeate the soil of your soul. That's, for instance, it's the Sermon on the Mount. It's really the constitution of the kingdom of God. So when we watch Jesus at work, we're getting to see God as a man living out his love. When we look at the Old Testament, we don't see God living out his love. We see pictures of God. I think some of those pictures of God filtered pretty heavily through man, his ideas of God, um, the ideas of others about God stuff borrowed from other cultures, but not all necessarily the heart of God. You might say, why are you doing all of this? Why are we talking about this? Well, because today we arrive at a famous passage in which Jesus deals with marriage and divorce. And we don't only have Mark, we have Matthew, we have Luke. Um, 
because we don't only have Mark, we have a little more complete version of what Jesus thought about marriage and divorce than we would if we only had Mark. Because as you're going to find out in the next couple of days, if you had only Mark, you'd walk away and go, well, um, you shouldn't ever get a divorce. Uh, get a divorce, commit adultery. But because we have Matthew, who has a little more extensive, in a couple of spots, a little more extensive explanation, we are to assume that Mark, who's the first gospel, and then Matthew, who comes later, Matthew and Luke most definitely build much of their material off of what they see in Mark. Um, because of that, we get a little more complete picture, realize that maybe the early church, who was walking this out day to day, start to develop some different ideas than just is simply represented in the Jesus statement of Mark. With that said, what Jesus says and does when he's on the earth is to show you the heart of his father. It's not to condemn you. It's not to make you feel stupid. It's not meant to make your life heavier or worse. It's to show you the heart of the father. Now, what happens is because we are disconnected in the way we live and compared to the heart of our father, we're trying to live out the heart of our father. We're doing that by faith. But because we are human and we're on the earth, we're going to oftentimes do things that are not the heart of our fathers. So we're going to get confronted by our enemies and we're not going to pray for them. We're going to work against them. And according to the Sermon on the Mount, that's exactly opposite of what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to pray for our enemies. We're supposed to not resist an evil person. But we almost always resist evil people. Okay, so does that mean we're all lost? No. Does that mean we're condemned? No. Does it mean we're stupid? No. It might mean we're ignorant. Sure. It means that there's work to be done in the kingdom. It means that there are things we can be better at because of Christ. So when we get to this marriage and divorce passage where Jesus is very blatantly going to say, uh, if you divorce your wife and marry another, you commit adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. I want to let you know, keep in mind that Jesus is showing us the heart of his father and the commitment of the father to the institutions that he has. It isn't meant to put you under condemnation for divorce. All right, I wanted to say that up front, and let's start the reading, as it probably take us a couple of days to get through these verses. I'm going to try to do it in these first couple of days, these first 12 verses. Verse 1, he arose from there and came to the region of Judea by the other side of the Jordan, and multitudes gathered to him again, and as he was, ac as he was accustomed, he taught them again. The Pharisees came and asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife, testing him? And he answered and said to them, what did Moses command you? Now, I want you to notice the question is, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? So this is a, a question meant to test Jesus's A, knowledge of the law and B, commitment to the law. So what do you think the law says, they say, and how committed are you to sticking to that? And he answered and said, what Moses commanded, they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. Jesus answered and said to them, because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. He wrote you this command. So because he knew men, he wrote you this command. This is all I want to say about this today. We're going to put the next 
six verses into this tomorrow to try to round this out, but I want you to think about this. Jesus admits something right here that Christians today get mad at you if you say in regard to the Bible. I, I probably didn't set that up right, so let me try, try to say it this way. If you say to most Christians, the Bible is not infallible, there are issues in the Bible in which you might not be seeing the heart of God, even though it's scripture. And people go, oh, you can't say that because now you get to pick and choose. That's a slippery slope. Okay. They'll get angry at you if you say that. But then when Jesus says it, they go, well, it's okay. He's Jesus. But watch how Jesus handles the word. Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. Who wrote you this precept? God or Moses? Moses. Not God. Jesus just said, what Moses say? They go, well, Moses said we could do this. Jesus goes, well, we only did that because of the hardness of your heart. God didn't tell Moses to say it. Moses said it. In other words, Moses gives you a concession. Now, in the next passage, we'll go into tomorrow. Jesus is going to go pre-law and show us the actual heart of God in relation to the institution of marriage. We'll do that with him tomorrow. Keep in mind what we said today. We'll see you then. God bless.